Because I have to. It's not because I'm trying to be a good Christian. Like, that's already sorted. Like, I'm fully loved. Um, so it, it becomes an invitation then. And that, like, that motivates me instead of a, a law or a have to. Like, ah. Oh, there's freedom for me to choose. And then it's like, ah, oh, in response to your love, like, I want, I want to chase you. I want more of you. Um, in, the old, in the old covenant, we live by the law and there's a, all this stuff we have to do to fulfill the law and then there's more stuff you do because you have to do because you can't do that and it's just this cycle of not being good enough. Um, and the Old Covenant law says, you know, I need to do this. I need to have these behaviours to have right standing with God. And we exchange that for the, like a higher way, a maturity in the New Covenant of walking with the Spirit. Um, and he says, let me show you my higher ways. Walk with me. Hear my voice. Follow me. And so I, I have to foster intimacy in order to operate in that new operating system. Like, I have, to, I have to know him. I have to lean in. Um, but it's, it's calling me higher. It's not a cop-out to live lower. Like in Romans 6 where it says, oh, if there's heaps of grace, why don't we sin more? And it's like, no, that's not. It's like when it's relationship, the freedom makes me want to give. It makes me want to surrender. It makes me want to go higher. It's not, oh, well, then I can just whatever like it's so motivating when like you just commune with Jesus like it makes you you get hungrier and hungrier and you want more um so I've been camping in this story um Matthew 19 uh verse 16 which is a story of the rich young ruler um, so I'll just read it out. It says, Then a teenager, apparently he's a teenager, approached Jesus and bowed before him, saying, Wonderful teacher, is there a good work I have to do to obtain eternal life? Jesus answered, Why would you call me wonderful? God alone is wonderful. And why would you ask what good work you need to do? Keep the commandments and you'll enter into the life of God. Which ones, he asked. Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honour your father and mother and love those around you as you love yourself. Check, check, check. But I've always obeyed every one of them without fail, the young man replied. What else do I lack? Jesus said to him, if you really want to be perfect, another word for that is mature, go immediately and sell everything you own. Give all your money to the poor and your treasure will be transferred into heaven. Then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. When the young man heard these words, he walked away angry or grieved, for he was extremely wealthy. It's such a sobering story. He like, boom. If you've seen The Chosen, it's like Nicodemus when he's, he decides that he's not up for it. And you're like, oh. Um, and I just think this, yeah, I've just been camping in this story and thinking about how this young guy like he ticked he ticked the boxes he was like living the life he was meant to live yep yep done it done it um but he recognized his lack like he he recognized that there was something more otherwise he wouldn't have come to Jesus and been like 
isn't it? There's something more. Like, he recognised it, like five gold stars. Um, and Jesus knows him, of course, and knows what has gripped his heart. So I don't, think, I don't think the call is for everyone, go sell all your stuff. But Jesus knew him personally and that that had taken lordship. It was a lordship issue. That's lord of your life. So you specifically need to go deal with that specific problem and dislodge that from being the ruler of your life if you want to be mature. And then come back and follow me like you'll be you'll be mine then you will have surrendered the most precious thing to you which for him was money um yeah and just like this guy walks away and he's like i can't do that like i wonder what the rest of his story was like be interesting to know um yeah so i've just been thinking about how there's a difference between like this guy recognised his lack. He was essentially, we would say, he was hungry for God. And he went to Jesus and he was like, what do I need to do? I want more of you, was basically what he said. And Jesus told him and then he wasn't up for it. And I've just been thinking about how there's a big difference between us talking about being hungry for God and like, we want the more of God. And, you know, we're hungry. That's one thing. Actually asking Jesus, what is between me and my fullness, me and my maturity, me and total surrender, what is it between me and that place? Like, that's a different thing. And to be willing to let it cost you something. So I can talk about being hungry for God and the more, and it might sound super spiritual, and even make me feel like, oh yeah, I am hungry and, you know, it's just noise, though. Like, it's, it's the first step. But have we actually gone to Jesus and been like, what is the thing for me personally that has... Is there anything that has lordship of my life? Um, what are you asking of me to go back and do? Because um, he'll tell you where the more is. Like, if we ask him with a sincere heart... Like, is there anything? Do I need to sell up something? Is it security? Is it um, a dream that I have? Whatever it is, um, it's so personal. He knows what's gripping our hearts. And I've just come to the conclusion that, like, my yes in that moment, my yes to Jesus, that is the purest worship that I can give him. I can stand up here and lead worship and whatever, but for me to say yes in that moment, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release that. I'm going to sell all my stuff, whatever the version of that is. Like, that's his love language. <laughs> my yes is his love language and obedience is his love language. Those that love me obey me and the rubber really hits the road. <laughs> like, what's it going to cost me? But like... Yeah, I've just like been letting the weight of that hit me. Like, God forbid I should talk about being for hungry for God and not pursuing it. God forbid. <laughs> that makes that... That should worry, worry us. <clears throat> I had this little story, I had this little encounter moment one day with the Lord... The other day when Naomi was talking about imagining Jesus like in your time with him, 
I was like, oh, I don't do that enough. And I think I worry about my imagination being my imagination. And honestly, I don't care if this whole story was my imagination. God spoke to me through it. So make up a story and then ask the Lord to put whack on it, and he will. Anyway, so um, my kids were crazy during the day. I was pretty tired and knackered, and I put a movie on for them, and I lay in my bed with my noise-canceling AirPods in. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And I put some instrumental music on, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to use my imagination to just do something with Jesus. Anyway, so I find myself... um, chasing Jesus like this childlike thing through a forest and I can kind of catch glimmers of him and I chase him onwards and it's all very fun. Anyway, he leads me out to this cliff and there's an ocean and I know without him saying anything, we get right up to the edge and the invitation is to just jump off and fly with him. I just know that's what he's inviting me to. Um, And I'm still figuring out with the Lord, like, why? But I stand at the edge and I hesitate and I don't. And there's some fear in me, there's some need for control that I'm not just like, woohoo, Jesus. Um, And so I'm working that out with the Lord. But anyway, I turn around and to my surprise, he's like, he's not lecturing me for my lack of faith or whatever and he's not flying off without me because Bible says he'll never leave me or forsake me even if I'm not there (laughs) Um, and so I look around and he's set up this beautiful picnic for us on the cliff and so I sit down and join him and we have this picnic and I felt I felt like he was just showing me like perfect love casts out fear and so if I get to the cliff and I'm not just jumping Like the cure is love. The cure is more time with him. The cure is to get to know him more. Like it's not a lecture. It's not a whack on the hands. It's actually if I fully, if I knew you enough, if I knew your goodness and your kindness, I wouldn't have any problem. I would just fly. It would be fearless. So if there's any fear, so he sets up this picnic. To him, this is the solution is that we just spend more time together. Like, it's that simple. And so I'm enjoying this time with him, and, but I, I notice, like, I think sometimes we can, like, idolise the picnic and be like, this is so great, intimacy with God, like, we've got all the language, and, like, it's just this beautiful communion, and it's almost like, in our hearts we've decided that we've arrived and leveled off and meanwhile Jesus is there like yeah like it is it's beautiful and I'm present with you but also like you're meant to be flying like there's a whole other operating system for you there's a whole like upgrade and you've got you've got what it takes like you were made for it um new perspective, new paradigm. Like, it is so fun to fly, kiddo. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, the picnic, the picnic. And I'm like, like, wherever we are all at with the Lord, I feel like there's a cliff to jump off, you know. There's an invitation to like, Um, And so the only reason for me not to forsake my whole life and to jump off that cliff is because I love my life too much. And I don't know him enough. 
So I'm not trusting his plan to be better, like flying to be awesome. I'm like, but the picnic's amazing, <laughs> you know. Um, Matthew 10.39. Um, has anyone got that in the Passion? Actually, I can find it here. This making sense? You guys are pretty quiet. I'm like, where's the Sarah in the crowd? He's like, yeah. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me, aka jump off the cliff, will discover true life. It's an amazing scripture. So the more I journey with the Lord, I feel like he's showing me this idea of invitations and I'm just seeing it everywhere. Like once you get that concept, you're like, ah, I'm not bound to any law. I'm not, I don't have to do anything. But all of a sudden you start like, when you ask him to show you, like show me the invitations. They're everywhere. Every time you hear a testimony, you've got an invitation. You can either get like comparison, weird, like, oh, discouraged, I'm not like that, or whatever. Or there's another invitation, just to be stirred up and reminded who you are. Like, at every single moment, there's invitations coming both ways at you, and whether you know it or not, you're receiving and rejecting them. So I feel like it's good for us to be, like, an awareness of those invitations, because then we're going to be a bit more intentional about which ones we accept. Every time you hit, like, your life is burning on fire and you're walking through the fire, there's, there's an invitation. There's an invitation. And it's become one of my favourite questions to ask. Is like, bang, there's a problem. Okay, I know that there's an invitation. I know that there's an invitation. Holy Spirit, show me what that is, like, in everything. Every time you feel strong emotions, there's an invitation. I'll tell you quick story. For those of you that don't know the, the fire that Tom's referring to, um, last year my marriage came to an abrupt end. It's a bit of a nightmare really. Um, and I remember so vividly finding myself, I think it was my first weekend without my kids and without my husband and I'm in this house and you feel like your whole world's falling apart. And I remember feeling so alone like the feeling which was a feeling is loneliness and it was like so intense been married for nine years it was so intense and I remember sitting on my bedroom floor like a kind of you know when you put your back to the wall and you just collapse and I just remember crying out to God and being like God feel lonely, like the feeling right now that my flesh is experiencing, fully own it, like the feeling is loneliness, I feel alone, but I just, I know that I'm not, like I know too much, like your word says it and your, and your presence confirms it, I am not alone, and I just drummed that into me, I was like, I'm not alone, I'm not alone, like preach to yourself, um, until that jolly emotion submits. Like, I don't really care what the story is. Like, it will, eventually. <laughs> and I just got so stubborn and worked up, and I'm like, 
This feeling is so real and so strong, but the truth is stronger. <laughs> the truth is stronger. I can tell you. I can tell you. And it was like, it felt like death. It feels like dying because you're like living from this other reality and you're like, you're basically telling your flesh, down, down. <laughs> that's right, you will get, you will submit. Um, but I knew in that moment, there's an invitation here. And I, I'm about to determine, like I get to determine which way this goes right now. Like we have so much power, we're not powerless getting kicked around life. Um, the word says somewhere, like, God's not weak in you, he's strong in you. Like, I don't know where it is, but maybe it's not in there, but sounds sounds good. Um, Galatians 5.16. Quick scrippy. Galatians 5, 16 to 18. Uh, I'm in the passion. This is still on the emotions thing. I feel like I could talk for an hour on this. but um, Have I really become... No, I'm in the wrong one. 16. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit... You will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. Like, they're at war. Let's just accept it. (laughs) Incompatible. But, everyone say but. When you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under domination of the law, but soaring above it. Past tense. That's what's happened. Um, I'm going to jump down to 24 and 25. Keep in mind, everyone say, keep in mind, that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be... Oh yeah, don't worry about that bit. It's getting different. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. We get to. It's an invitation. Every time you open, open the Bible, there's an invitation. Every time you have a conflict or a relational issue, there's an invitation. Every time your car breaks down, your computer breaks down, my computer blew up this week, there's an invitation. <clears throat> Every time you hear a message, there's an invitation. You can go, oh, that's good, or you can go home and chew on it and go to the Lord and be like, what does this look like? Every time you go to work or a play group or a shops, there's invitations. 
when Naomi's daughter got sick, there was a couple of invitations there. There was one to partner with fear, to have a freak out. I'm sure she would have ended up at hospital, blah, blah, blah. Or there's an invitation to just remain in peace, to pray, and look what happened. <laughs> like, yeah, when COVID messes up our life, plans, stuff, there's invitations. And so all these, all these scenarios are asking the same question of us, like, what are we going to say yes to? They're like reaching out their arms. <clears throat> so I think we can all hear this and go, yep, surrender, like that's the right answer. That's the right way for us to live. Sounds good. Um, which is basically what that rich young ruler guy did. He's like, I know there's more. Um, But when the rubber hits the road, the idea of that or the theology of that isn't going to cut it. Just being the right thing to do. Like, when it really is going to cost you something and hurt you, doing something because it just sounds right, it's not, it doesn't cut it. Oh. It has to come from this deep, deeper place where it's not just up here. Um, And once again, like many of our messages, we find ourselves back at the I word, which is intimacy. And we have intimacy. We have access to that through knowing our... uh, Naomi. Naomi must go to this church. (laughs) You're like, come on, guys. (laughs) The I words. Come back every other week to learn more about those. Um, I'm winding up, but I've had a few recent revelations about some phrases that we use all the time in our community and culture. And one of them is the goodness of God. We talk about the goodness of God all the time. And I just had him like bomb me the other day um, and just wreck me for what that meant all over again. And just side note, encourage you, like, if you feel yourself getting a bit familiar with that, like, just ask him to come and make it new again, make it fresh. And it's like, woo! Um, and I was just undone by the reality that it's, it's the goodness of God that's actually the grace to surrender anything. Like... It's the only thing that makes it worth it as well to like give your life away is to rest in the goodness of God because I trust him. And that's got to be so just... And if I'm, ever, if I'm ever hesitating to give him all of me or to give him any part of me, it's because I need a fresh... I need to go there again. I need to see his kindness and know his kindness again because when I'm overwhelmed with his kindness, total surrender is just... It may not be easy, but it's the most... It's logical. It's like, of course, like, I want to give you my life. There is no have to here. This is all want to because 
my eyes have seen, like, I'm growing in the revelation of your goodness. And the more good, the good and kind and loving I find you to be, the more I want to just give you all of me. Like, the two go in tandem. And so if I'm resisting, it's like, ah, oh, Lord, give me an upgrade. Like, show me again who you are. Because um, I don't want to... It's so not about it being the correct thing to be doing. Like, ugh. it's It's ultimate freedom... I'll finish on this little story. Do you want to chuck that music on, Sam? Thanks. I had this other little imagination slash encounter, whatever you want to call it, um, where I was walking with Jesus and we were just holding hands, walking along, and then he offered me his other hand and I took it and he just swung me around. You know how you swing a little kid around? like, And they're just like, um, and it's ultimate, it's like a picture of ultimate surrender, ultimate trust. You're just flying. Um, Naomi did that to me not very long ago, and it made me feel sick. Um, but I felt so vulnerable. <laughs> She's strong. I felt so vulnerable and like so, like it was all about her capacity to hold me. Like I had no... <laughs> I had no power at all in that situation, but I gave it to her. She didn't force that on me, just to be clear. Um, but I felt him showing me, like, to the measure that you surrender, like, you get to experience the fullness and the wildness and beauty of me. Like, we can hold hands, and there's a measure of connection. There's a, a measure, it's nice. It's nice to hold someone's hand and walk. It's nice. And there's a measure of communion and closeness. But when you hand over your other hand, it's completely different. <laughs> and you're giving them this access and this, yeah, you become completely vulnerable. And to the measure, yeah, and you get to experience the wildness and the fullness of walking with him. And I was thinking about John 10.10 10 that says, you know, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life to the full. And it felt like holding hands with Jesus, that's, that's life. It's the beginning of life. And we'll walk and we'll do life together. But man, you let go of whatever you're holding in the other hand and take his that's life to the full. This is like, whew. he'll take you flying. And I felt the Lord just be like, what we can do together in that, in that posture, in that space, that changes. You go from nice to like exhilarating and just fullness you lock eyes on me and all you see is me and all you trust is me and all you know is me and I'm your everything
so I'd love to just have a moment. I've been so like just challenged and moved. I think from a place of established identity is like it's an invitation. You don't have to jump out of the boat like Peter did, but he did. (laughs) And you don't have to take two hands, but you can. And I feel like the invitation is like the, the rich young ruler. It's like, yeah, he'd ticked all the boxes and done all the right things. Jesus was like, okay, let me, if you really want to be mature, if you really want me to have your heart, then I'll tell you what's grip, gripping your heart, if there's anything stopping that. And then you can truly know me. Then you can truly follow me with your whole heart. So hopefully there's a a story or an image, whether it's the rich young ruler or the the cliff top, like jumping off the cliff with the picnic or the one hand versus the two hands. Hopefully there's something in there that has, like whatever resonates with you, whatever picture resonates. We're just going to have a moment to just sit with the Lord. Be like, is there anything that I'm withholding that's between me and the fullness of my destiny and the fullness of communion with you that you're calling, that you're inviting me into? Is, am I clinging on to anything with my one hand and walking with you in the other? And if you find yourself with an answer, Holy Spirit might whisper, whisper something to you. And just asking Him, like, can you upgrade me in experiencing your love and your kindness and your goodness? Because in that place, I've letting go makes sense. <laughs> we can give him our purest worship, our yes.
Thank you.